Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Stu with him. I hope you're doing well. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And this episode, well, it's Buddy Peace. So you you probably have, have heard Buddy's name mentioned loads. If you're not familiar with his with his music, then you would definitely have uh, heard the name Buddy Peace get used a lot um, because Buddy produces distraction pieces. Um, Buddy produces films to be buried with. He produces the Pod Bible podcast, um, and yeah, he's 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 somebody that I've known a long time. He's DJed for me. Um, uh, and he's uh, w- w- was in the Warren Peace uh, with uh, our other friend uh, Warren, and yeah, and and he's just a really nice dude. And, and what he also does is um, he writes for Pop Bible. He reviews all the kind of tech stuff and, and talks about what you need uh, if you want to record a podcast. So we killed two birds with one stone. We had a new piece of recording equipment, and Buddy come up to to where I work and uh I said look don't just come up and have a look at the the stuff let's let's have a chat because we've been mates for a long time now and we've never really sat and and sort of I've never really asked about his 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 journey and and the songs that are soundtracked it so that's what you're about to hear um before that I just want to say thanks to Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network um thanks ever so much to 76 my producer for producing this um, we will definitely get an episode with 76 in the bag at some point. Um, and, yeah, I think if you enjoy this and it's the first time that you've listened to Off The Beaten Track, please have a look in the back catalogue because there's 100-odd episodes of me chatting to loads of like great musicians, producers, artists, actors. So go and have a, have a look in the back catalogue. And if you do enjoy this, please give us a like, love, share, retweet. And, uh, and tell your pals. Best thing you can do is subscribe, actually. Um, all right, well, look, let's, um, let's get back to the job at hand, which is, well, all that's left for me to do now is just say, please enjoy Off The Beaten Track podcast with the wonderful Buddy Peace. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. 
and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beat & Track Podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat & Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. We are recording. We are at WeWork Building in East London and uh, joining me today, uh, it's been a while um, since we've seen each other, but uh, sitting opposite me is Buddy Peace. Hi, Stu. Hello, listening audience also. You all right? Yeah, doing good. Actually, it's the, well, the fast track to friendship is in- intimacy. So I can tell you that today is the first day of the year I haven't been wearing my long johns or undershirt. Okay. So now we're instantly on a on a deeper level of friendship. I feel I know you a lot better now. Yeah, it's that intimacy. So... I mean, I'm a fan of a long john. Yeah, I don't necessarily well, we wear them um, that much anymore. Sometimes when I'm... Oh, Stu, you must. I'm working at the club, and if I'm standing outside all night, I will generally dig out um, a long john. I still go for the old school or white long john. I like the way you you do the podcast and you call it a long john and not long johns, because I don't know where that came from. Like, I feel like it's an American podcastism where people start saying, yeah, I'll, 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 eat, I'll eat a golden graham, I'll eat a cornflake, and it's like... It, where it went from being a singular item to uh, a plural to a singular item. Is it a singular item, Long John? I call them Long Johns. Uh, I think the Johns refer to the legs. The legs, okay. This is getting us on an interesting tangent. <laughs> where, does, what is the long, where does Long Johns come from? <coughs> I don't know. Should we, I don't should, we know. Just, should we just go on this tangent? We could do. I mean, I'd rather talk about music because, uh, well, I've been wanting to talk about music with you for a long time because, uh, well, for, for people that um, might not be aware of, of, of uh, what Buddy does, so aside from all of the music that you've made over the years, which we will talk about as this podcast unfolds, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you are also kind of um, chief uh, producer for Distraction Pieces. Yes, uh, it's, it's a weird sort of version of producer because basically Pip, Scroobius Pip, turns up to all the interviews with all the mics mm-hmm. and the recorder and he sets all like he sets everything up and pushes play and does all that stuff. 
So I'm not like in there producing the show and saying like, oh, could you get closer on the mic or this kind of stuff. Um, but he sends me all the interviews after it and then I put it together and sort of make it sound as, as pretty as I can. Yeah. You do films be very with? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brett Goldstein, S- similar deal. He records with lapel mics, which, for instance, in Nish Kumar's case, Nish, Nish will laugh. He's got an incredibly loud laugh. It's it, very loud, isn't it? it? It's not as loud for you because when you hear it, I've leveled it. But when I hear it for the first time, it's just, <laughs> and yeah. he's, he's obviously leaning into his lapel mic and laughing full pelt. And so, yeah, I have a lot of trouble with that. He's a lovely guy, but his laugh is insane. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Brett's as well. It yeah. is quite strange, Brett's, because I've, I've guested on, on there. And I'm, and oh, yeah, he, of course you have. Yeah, yeah. And, and he has two separate recorders with, like, his lapel mics. And yeah, yeah, he's probably... So, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was a, a, I was quite surprised at first. I was like, wow, Brett's very... So, actually, I haven't seen it. I've never been present for a recording. So, what does he do? He's got the main... He's got the lapel mics. Yeah. And then what's he got? It's two little Zoom recorders. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just like, I mean, I'll take it, he just sent you the two audio files. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, so he's got other stuff as well? No. Oh, no, so he's just it. got them too? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think he meant he had like loads of like. Unless he's upgraded friends. since his podcast has no, become he, a real big deal. He hasn't. He, 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 keeps it, <laughs> he remains true to the. I've origins. been trying to get Brett to come on here, and he's, and he's worried that. Um, his music knowledge is going to get ridiculed, and and because he he, pl- he claims not to know too much about it, or and he was, and I was like, and when I got round there, there was a, an electronic drum kit in his front room, uh, an <laughs> yeah. organ, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and, and he spoke about his love of Billy Joel quite a lot. Okay. So I was like, well, yeah. look, come on, let's talk music. But uh, I'll well, make I will make it happen. Definitely. Uh, he, he's he's uh, he's very sort of shy and self-deprecating in some cases like yeah. you wouldn't think it but like he's very humble and i can imagine him saying that it's like, yeah. yeah but like people think i don't know anything of course. like i know your podcast is all about ridiculing musical knowledge so he's right in that sense but um <laughs> yeah he's got nothing to worry about he, he i know every answer for his uh for all the questions you ask him every answer will be the muppet soundtrack so see I'll, i'm I'll, all over that yeah. I'm all over that. He could speak passionately and from the heart about the Muppet soundtrack. I did see that there was something on social media yesterday um, saying that you can now stay in the lighthouse that was used on Fraggle Rock for £33 a night. Isn't the lighthouse... Wait, thinking back, is it a real location? Or is it just a model? I can't remember. I'm not too sure. I mean, I, I think the, yeah. uh, the, 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 the trash heap and that, I believe they were models... But uh, the the lighthouse, I believe, was a legit lighthouse. Thirty-three pounds. Yeah. Dollars. Was it pounds or dollars? Pounds. Are you considering it? I, I mean, I like the fact that the only thing that was swaying your decision was was it pounds or dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's dollars, I mean, obviously I'm out. But yeah, yeah. Um, well, we could always do some kind of podcast thing. Yeah. There. I don't know some Fraggles podcast. I mean, how much mileage is there in Fraggles? I'm not sure. Ask Brett Goldstein. It's Muppets, not Fraggles. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> it's all Henson. It's you're all gonna, Henson. You're going to get tweets and emails. <laughs> Is it Jim Henson? Sorry. Yeah. We'll get to the music yeah. part in a bit. Okay. Oh, I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same thing. Buddy Peace. Yes. The song with the greatest ever intro. Um, obviously, with every 
episode of your podcast, everyone's always like, oh, how can you, how can you pick it? How can you pick an intro? Um, same thing with me. Um, I should say at the start, the answer to all of these questions could be summed up by Push the Feeling On by Nightcrawlers. I'm not going to do that. Um, the intro, the best intro for me is Think by Lynn Collins. Um, it's basically Think by Lynn Collins if you if you showed it in a in a sort of the, like the waveform of the track, if you had that up on a screen, and then you removed every single part that was sampled by somebody over the years, you'd just be left with slivers and tiny segments because it's basically been completely filleted and gutted over the years, like however many years it's been out there. Um, but yeah, the intro is it's like this beautiful sort of like a monologue but like it's sort of like preaching almost so like she sort of it starts off like hey fellas and then bam, see, I'm bam, talking to you you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it, like that just that that sort of that announcement of that mm, mm, that's really dramatic and then you hear her come in and then it's like all right I'm with you whatever you got to say let's let's yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm on track and then it just sort of sets it up perfectly because it gets you all kind of like amped up and then it's like all right all right now what now what and then obviously it kicks in like, you better, and then it all just kicks in. Almost it's... with a scar upstroke, hasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. It's got almost like a skank to it before it gets to the, the best bit. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. I, I didn't actually notice that. Um, but yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things that, like, hip-hop music, which is sort of where I come from, like, that's the music I'm most familiar with, spend the most time with, but I know it, like, intimately and weirdly sort of just got like a weird photographic memory with a lot of stuff from the 90s um and the intro it, it's just it's just been used on so many things so like even before i heard it i like when i was listening to it for the first time as as a complete song um i just i knew all these bits like what what oh that's from that what and, I, and like my brain was just going off because it was it's so excited because it's like oh i recognize that bit, i recognize that bit and um yeah and then you the more you know you listen to it you get to the like a third of the way through it and then suddenly there's this drum break kicks in it's like oh that's from that 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 another minute on another drum break different yeah. drum break they sped that up for drum and bass like you know jungle and stuff and um anyway but yeah the intro itself is just really it's just one of those ones where like it just gets the hairs on your back and neck sort of poking up and just <laughs> it, it just gets you really sort of excited I think do you think that kind of uh, annunciation at the beginning is something that is is something that instantly kind of resonates with you because so many hip hop records are almost introduced. Like I'm thinking of Public Enemy straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, then it's bang. The, the in, in comes the beat. It's like hip hop's yeah. got some of the greatest intros ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why it was such a struggle. I mean, of course, now my mind's firing blanks I can't think of Ante Up what an incredible <laughs> intro yes oh Jesus yeah that's another one where like you ah oh, damn it <laughs> considering an instant U-turn on my decision I can't, can't <laughs> but yeah yeah no you're, you're right and like um, like yeah Public Enemy they're so entrenched in like uh, James Brown and JB samples yeah. and like I mean their whole of Takes a Nation of Millions is like yeah. the amount of JB's samples in there is just insane so you you know that they've spent a lot of time with that music and yeah. and like yeah Lynn Collins and all the sort of James Brown people and um so yeah they I'm sure they were heavily influenced by that kind of 
the way the way to kick a song off. Yeah. That instant sort of, you know, there's no like slow build up and lush chords. It's just like, yeah, you know, in there. Can you remember when you first heard it? <laughs> no. No, it, and it's weird because it, it's one of those songs that just feels like it's always been there in my mind. Like I can't pinpoint it at all. Mm. Um, probably on... I think it's probably... like Also, a lot of these answers are down to my brother. So like he got me into hip-hop, funk, jungle, drum and bass, all that kind of stuff. And... You you probably know this. I'm sure a lot of people listen to this. But like the Ultimate Breaks and Beats series. So like, just this collection of sort of it's like the early early series of bootlegs, which were basically all funk and weird like rock songs that had open drum breaks on them. And it was on one of those. So I think it was probably through that. Like my brother collected all of them. There was 26 volumes specifically. Um, if you had all 26, you can basically make you can make a jungle album. You can make a, a hip hop album or like many albums just yeah. through those like there's so many samples on them um it's probably that and then just trying to sort of juggle two copies of it trying to get that little there's a tiny little like two bar drum break in it and you know trying to catch that and um so yeah i reckon it was probably that like i, I didn't chance upon it i just sort of knew it was there um but yeah it wasn't like a discovery it was just sort of presented to me and then it was like left to me to sort of like get familiar with it i suppose so, so growing up, was there music on at home aside from like you know an older brother? I imagine when you oh yeah sorry, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, a few years older yeah and so like but, but even earlier was like parents playing music. I was I was thinking about this because I've, I've obviously I've heard I've heard a, a good few of these episodes of, of your podcast before and like I was thinking of it and I know like I think in the car was where that happened. So like, I know my mum and dad had really good taste in music. If I tell you what we used to listen to, you would probably say that's not the case at all. Because like we used to listen to a lot of like Dire Straits, and I I think of it as, and this isn't a diss, but like sad dad music. So, like I can imagine like a dad driving in the rain, like with tears in his eyes, like listening to Dire Straits. We used to listen to a lot of that, like this really melancholic mm-hmm. sort of, and um, yeah, that is sort of like I always knew it was made by like a lot older people than me. And so would this have been like mid to late 80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. That, that music was pop music then. It's quite, yeah. as much as you had the Stock Aiken and Waterman Pop and you had the early, you know, sounds of acid house and hip hop happening, the biggest selling albums was Brothers in Arms, was Phil Collins, was Chris Rea. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and yeah, all Chris of these Rhea, yeah. people looked like your dad's mates. They yeah. didn't look like pop stars. And you, it's so right. And it's quite weird. When you actually think... Like, you, you, you know, if you look at, like, bands like Level 42, yeah. that I remember when I was, like, probably, like, 14, seeing them on Top of the Pops, imagining they were, like, 50. Yeah, yeah, They yeah. probably weren't. They were probably, like, late 20s, but yeah, everybody yeah. looks so fucking old. I know. Yeah, it's, it's right. Like, I don't know what it was. I think it was something to do with the hair as well, because, like, when I saw early pictures of, like, Mark Knopfler from Dire Straits and the other dude from Level 42. It's like, they always had that, like, thinning, thinning yeah. up top, so it just, like, automatically made them look, like, just, I don't know, always, like, impossibly old and, um, but... I need to find out how old Mark Knopfler is because <laughs> I'll, I'll be so curious to find out how old he was at the yeah, kind of... I was, uh, I was thinking about At them this. prime, them prime uh, mid-90s... <laughs> Mark Knopfler. He is... Wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, I'm going to go with like. So, hit, 
his early their early albums were like late seventies. Right. I'm gonna say he was born in. I'm gonna go with fifty five. So I'm saying he's. Does that make him sixty five? Right. Okay. Fifty five. What have you got? Uh, he's born in forty nine. He's seventy. So he was actually quite old. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that completely discredits everything I just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had every right to be losing his hair. He was probably he was probably in his forties. But um, but yeah. All right. So for uh, track two, I want to know what the first song was, buddy. That you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. All right. So this is this is really frustrating because I've got. I've got one answer and then I've got two tied answers. I don't know how you how are you with you, um, you have honourable mentions. Of course you can. Can I? Yeah. All right. Cool. So it, I, I, it's weird. I was thinking back to the earliest song. I I can't think of it because it's all sort of mixed up in that Dire Straits pool. Like there was. I remember like I think it was Romeo and Juliet. Dire Straits, like the live version, because we listened to Alchemy the double live album so much like front to back all day like we, we went on this family holiday to Portugal and we listened to it that was like the one tape we had in the car so I know it like back to front um, fucking hell that's conditioning uh, yeah 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 it's yeah brainwashing verging on child abuse but no it, it set me up like it was very formative years because it was sort of it, that spending so much time with one album or well a double album but like Yes, like spending a real, like that's how I listen to music as well. Like I get really familiar with the albums, and then I just sort of, it's, it's just there. It's always there forever. Um, but anyway, so I didn't go back to Dire Straits. I went back to not too long ago um, because this is the one song that's made me cry more than a few times. So it's, it's this track called "Brother" by Beck, and. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was just sort of at that at that time. I think I was like, this was about '98 or seven or something like that. Um, so, well, I'm 40 now. So this was when I was about 17 or 18. There were tracks before this that got me all wobbly or whatever. But this is the one that act- actively hit a point in me, which was like, like, oh shit, what's happening? Oh, oh god. And then yeah, and then I'd just be crying like. It's just fairly simple. Like the song, I think it's a. It seems to be about like the death of a brother or mm-hmm. something like that. So, and for this answer, I've gone with sad and melancholy mm-hmm. for the emotion. Like, and I was thinking, wow, but it could be like happy and like, overjoyed. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's a good few of them, but I just went with this was like because it had a real physical reaction. Yeah, and it made something happen, and my eyes started watering and all this stuff and. So I just went with that one because yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if it's if it's a real so like if the lyrics are based on a real event or or whatever. But when I listen to it, it's just like it, it's sort of like you know in a film you get that kind of <gasps> and you, yeah. you get that sort of, that little wobble and the yeah, it, it's like ah, you get like you bloody made me cry. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of one of those and um, yeah, it's. I think it'll always make me wobble a bit, but yeah. Yeah, there, was a, there was a year or so when I sort of, like when you need to cry sort of thing, like sometimes if you, it's like there's something building up in you and sometimes it's just as simple as like, you just got to let out some tears and then it's like, okay, right, I'm good. And yeah, so there's, yeah one of those I sort of went back to every now and again. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm feeling a bit wound up and then put that on and yeah. And You're a big Beck fan? 
these days, not so much. He's he's gone a bit. I don't know if the term is trappy, but um, there's a lot of like quick succession hi hats, and I think he's been working with Pharrell quite a lot recently. Right. <coughs> God bless you. Thank you. Um, and so yeah, not so much these days, but the old stuff when he was just doing weird lo-fi before he joined a religious cult. Oh, he's always been religious. He, he's apparently he was born a Scientologist. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like his parents are like deep, deep in it. Um, so apparently, it's always been there. All oh, right. Yeah, which I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, and when you look back, it's like it's, you start thinking, like, did, did, does that affect my view on him? And it's like, it doesn't really. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't really. That's, that's interesting because the, the, I've had this conversation a lot with people about being able to separate the the man from the art, mm. and you know, as and. And, and generally, I, I have to do that because I'm a I'm a huge fan of Morris's music. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and 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 the Smiths and yeah. and he says some fucking awful things at the moment. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, and there's there's and, and and I guess it does. It it certainly tainted my opinion of Beck when I I found out he was a Scientologist. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know why. Mean. It has no bearing on me. Like, and also, I think it's like if he, if you felt like you'd been tricked, like ah, you, you, you bamboozled me, you sucker. Like if he was sort of trying to crowbar in mentions yeah. to it, and there's actually one track on, I think it's, I think the album's the information, and there's like an, a maybe like a ten minute song, and towards the end of it, it's got these weird vocal samples of like, I feel like I remember hearing it and thinking, ah, no, you're trying to smuggle messages into this one. It's really eerie, and it's like I feel like it's just talking about Scientology, and it's yeah. like trying to promote it, and it's really eerie, and I, I don't like that. But I mean, it's up to me whether I listen to him or not. Of like, if if I choose not to listen to him, I'm gonna be as open to or close to Scientology as if I did listen to him. Completely, I mean, it's it's my shout. Like, I'm I'm confident, and I'm not gonna be sort of brainwashed into doing anything I don't want to do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just like his older stuff, I think. Like, yeah. When he was on, like, K Records doing, like, weird jangly indie stuff and lo-fi. One, one of the greatest performers I've ever seen as well. When, when I saw yeah. him on the... Um, when Sex Laws come out. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. I saw him... As the white face. suit and it was full like he had full backing singers brass yeah. section it was like yeah. singing the Temptations yeah. and he was just <laughs> dancing like a motherfucker it was yeah. so good it was so good I've seen his kid dance like he brings his kid out on stage well he, there was a period where he was doing it and his kids was like a little newborn baby goat he's just like jumping up in the air and it's like oh, you're, you're going to be mini Beck when you're older you're brilliant um, uh, well yeah so just quick so just to crowbar in the honourable mentions two is that right? Yeah, of course. I kind of I feel like I barged my way into Mate, you were going to say. get your honourable mentions in. All right, so they reminisce over you with Pete Rock and CL Smooth and 93 to Infinity by Souls of Mischief, two hip-hop tracks that made me feel things. Um, they reminisce over you. The lyrics, obviously, it's it's about um, it's, it's about this rapper called Trouble T-Roy who I don't know much about, but I know it's about him and various sort of... It's like a nostalgic rap song. Mainly because of the the horn sample at the start. I'm sure a lot of people listening will know it. It's it's this guy called Tom Scott. Um, I know the guy producing this 76 will know it for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and yeah, it, it just it hits a really nice spot. Like for a hip hop song, it's just got this really kind of like instant 
nostalgic feel to it. it do, I don't know how it does it, but it just does it. And um, 93 to Infinity is basically is like a hip-hop version of like a, a extra strong mint or something. It's just like a really... Explain that, buddy. It, yeah, I, I don't know if I can. It's some. It's almost like a synesthesia response I get from it. It's like when you hear it, it's something to do, like so. It's this old, like a fusion loop from uh, what's he called? Billy Cobham. He's called. Um, so it's like a sped up loop of him, and it's filtered, so it's just sort of like a bit muffled. And it's the kind of thing if you played it loud, it, it almost like clears the air, and it's like it gives you that sort of. It's like taking an intake of breath on the top of a mountain or something. It's just a really, right. really cleansing and pure sort of sound. And I think it's, a lot of these things are to do with like the quality of the sample. So like I, that's my ears always tuned to that, and I can tell easily if somebody's used a certain sample or a certain effect. Like, um, so for instance, the the Pete Rock and Seal Smooth one is all made on this sample called the SP twelve hundred, which is a very specific early nineties, late eighties hip hop drum sampler, like a. Yeah, you get a really gritty, weird sound quality from it. And, um, yeah, so things like that. It's like the, the textures, the the way it's just like, it just starts on the one and it's like, again, Souls of Mischief one has got like an intro where it's like they're announcing what's going to happen, basically. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, extra strong, man. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. It's a palate cleanser, right? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I think that is that's that would have been a much more... Easy to understand. <laughs> Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side these songs uh that you, you was hearing uh when you was young where, where where was home when you was young so well, i was born in brighton um, moved away when I was three to, well, with my parents, not just by myself. Like, I'm hitting the road. <laughs> I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sucks. No, so I was born in Brighton, lived there for three years, moved to Kingston in Surrey, near Richmond, um, uh, arm's length from London. And yeah, so like growing up was Kingston, basically. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, sort of around Surrey till I was in my 20s, really. Okay, well let's 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 go back to them the, the, those moments when you've moved and you you're in Kingston because for, for track three, uh, buddy, I want to know what the song was that um, reminds you of your time at school. So this one is uh, I have to go back to, and this is kind of awkward because it, I don't know how else to say it. Basically, this song is tied into when I hit puberty, so okay. <laughs> it's it's completely linked up to. Um, so my brother had a friend who was well into Prince, and he made him a Prince compilation tape. And it, it had songs on it. it. It didn't have the dirtiest Prince songs, like, like there's a track called Head that Prince does, and it didn't have that on it, because I think that would have been a bit 
not friendly, not not like mum driving the car friendly yeah. to playing the car. There's a lot of Prince records that fit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for instance. Um, so anyway, it had a few tracks on there that like it had You Got the Look on it and it, a few other bits and pieces and it was like weirdly synchronised with the time when I started noticing girls and stuff yeah. and having feelings about about the opposite sex. And um, Prince noticed girls a lot. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a keenly trained eye, it seems. Um, and so, yeah, like that, like I can, I can totally remember like hearing the songs and it just, just that weird, like all the feelings being mixed up with cause, the like, sexual so, awakening. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know why it feels weird. To, it feels kind of awkward. I don't, I don't talk about this yeah. stuff with anyone really. So it's all like when you, you, you gave me the list of questions and I was just sort of like, oh shit, I think it's that. And then. Yeah, so because music's obviously so personal to us all, and like some some people like it, it's really stitched into their personalities, and I feel like that's the case with me. So it's like when I talk about music, I sort of either don't know how to explain it, or it's it's just so linked into feelings and and like experiences and stuff, and it's like it, it's almost like everything is soundtracked really intimately and sort of. Yeah, and it's definitely this Prince mixtape was that basically the soundtrack to my awakening. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the track on there which I'm going to go for is "Bat Dance," which was on the Batman soundtrack mm -hmm. from '89, I think. Not because it has any you know sexual content or whatever, but because um, it had so many weird sampling elements to it, and it was like oh wow he sampled bits from the film and he's mixed it in and he's like all the vocals are in time so he's like he had his own vocals on there and then it had Michael Keaton mm -hmm. um, samples on there and it was all like in time and he was sort of reacting mm. to the samples and it's like that was like one of the first moments I realised like, oh yeah you can take yeah. dialogue off stuff and, and interweave it into a pop tune and, and it was a pretty fresh track as well yeah. I mean it, I think back then it was probably seen as a total gimmick I don't uh, think so. I, I mean, I don't yeah, know. you tell me because I like, don't know if it was number one, but it was a huge hit. And it had I a mean, good video as well. And, <laughs> yeah, it was a great video, and yeah. and I, I think I'm trying to think where that would have been in Prince's career. I, I guess yeah. he was still huge at that time. Um, it would have been pre Diamonds and Pearls, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it, was, it, yeah, it, it was, would have been it was maybe eighty nine, yeah, or, or ninety, because that was when Batman came out. So that would have been after Graffiti Bridge. Am I right there? Yes. Yeah. I think Graffiti Bridge was man. I'm, I'm not the best. I'm not the biggest Prince expert, yeah. but I feel like that's like mid to late eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a big Prince fan, and and I love the Batman soundtrack. I think it's fucking great. Um, I have no interest in Batman. Um, no, it, I had no. no interest in the films, but yeah, loved it. Like, yeah. He could do no wrong as far as I was concerned at that point. No, uh, no, and it's funny, like, because all the stuff, there's so much stuff that's come out recently of his music that it was like, oh, like, he was always making music, like, yeah. all the time. Like, he was just insanely prolific. Yeah. And, like, I mean, there, there's one album called Crystal Ball or something, and it's like, I swear it's like 10 CDs. And it's like, mm. well, when did this come out? Like, what? Yeah. It's like full, like full albums, like 74 minutes on a CD. And it's like, it's, I went and bought, like, literally, I think I kind of gave up on Prince, um, like, as being an avid follower. Maybe, 
I can't even think what the album was after Diamonds and Pearls, but it wasn't long after that. I kind of, yeah. I, 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 I'd, I'd found other things that, that you know, I'd, I'd given a lot of time to Prince, and I still you, adored him. You served your time, but I did go and buy all the albums I never bought. Yeah, lots of ones, even the one that come free with the Sunday Times or whatever it was one year. <laughs> um, Look at that. Yeah, and. Uh, that's a weird one. And, and it is a weird one. And, and it, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying he did make some records that weren't quite as good. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, like, you listen to so much of his stuff and it's like, yeah, there's a bit of a clunker. Maybe, maybe yeah. that was a sort of, maybe that was designed to be in the sort of, to be considered pile. Yeah, but completely. at the same time, it's like, then there's that Piano and a Microphone album. That came oh, out. Have you, have you, you oh that? mate. Have you so good. I think that the first track is incredible. Like, yeah. It's it's just it's like I forgot all about that album house. it's amazing like he's just singing like the first track it's just this lush like do you know Moody Man or mm-hmm. like yeah like uh, KD Tatum I think it is as well and like that sort of Detroit house like those kind of dudes um, it's got that feel to it and he's yeah. just playing and it's just like this sort of loopy piano riff and then he's just saying like, oh you can turn the lights down and then he's just singing and he's like yeah a little bit more and it's just like him jamming with a piano mm. it's, it's gorgeous like, it's so nice and and also because it's sort of tied into that uh, Black Klansman film so yeah. it's like there's a lot of weight to it as well because it's presented yeah. in that context yeah it. totally yeah so yeah Prince Prince is how was school? Uh, tough <laughs> tough but fair um, for a long time, I had long hair down, like halfway down my back. So I was like, I think when I was thirteen, I had long hair. Um, don't know why. It just, I, I think I was into metal, and it, it, I don't know. It just, I just picked that choice, which is weird because I was really shy as a kid. So it was quite a bold step for a really shy kid. Um, but so you 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 really cool for that. Weirdly, I wasn't, and I think I was all the time. I was on the edge. I was like expecting to be, um, but I didn't really get a lot of stick for it. I don't think people knew how to take me because it was like they probably thought I was going to be some like crazy like sort of metal kid. But I was really softly spoken and like not very outgoing. So I think I was a bit of a like he could be. A, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just sort of just go easy on him. You never know. Um, he could have a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What did you want to be at school? Uh, the DJing thing came pretty soon. So I said, like, yeah, when I was 13, I had long hair. Basically, when I was 13, I started DJing. Again, totally down to my brother. So I think I just wanted to be a DJ. Um, and... I mean, I can't say I'm a full-time DJ now, but I mean, I can still do my thing. Like, I spent a lot of time practicing and getting pretty good, like scratching and sort of a lot, just like hip-hop stuff. Um, I can verify that, mate. I've seen uh, you play. Thanks, dude. Yeah, so like, it, I mean, I, I definitely sort of spent a lot of time in the trenches doing that. Um, I, I didn't, and semi still don't really have a plan or like a sort of. I know vaguely it involves sound. But I also know how many aspects of sound there are and how many weird angles into the world there are too. Sure. So I leave it open and I don't I don't have like a specific kind of there's there's no real I don't wanna say goal or like Master plan. Yeah, there isn't. It's I'm just sort of like I say yes to stuff. I'm going to say no to things too, but I mean, mainly say yes to stuff and see what happens. Yeah. And so at school, you, uh, 13 years of age, you're into metal, but I take it you've been exposed to hip-hop as well at this point. Yeah, so hip-hop, for the first time... I mean, again, this is this is just my brother's doing all this stuff. So, like, he, he'd bring back from wherever he'd been with his mates, like, tapes of Eazy-E and Ice-T and stuff like that. So I was, like, exposed to the, the harder side back then. And um, so as a metaler, had you heard Body Can and had you heard, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 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 the Judgment, Sand, uh, Judgment Night. Night soundtrack <laughs> been out then... Yeah, well, I, this that came after, so I'd sort of I'd made a few lines in the sand by that point. So like the metal stuff was. I what mean, metal was you listening to? Just kind of obvious stuff. I mean, it is like metal indie or back then grunge, I suppose you call it, and then like punk. So mm-hmm. it'd be, well, I don't know where you'd put Primus in there. Um, it was like Primus was there, Dead Kennedys, a lot of Dead Kennedys, uh, Old Guns and Roses, um, Metallica, Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and for those, stuff. for those that are unaware of Primus's music, um, <laughs> you better act like you know. I mean, I don't know how describe the it. fucking <laughs> hell you describe it. Les Claypool playing some really widdly diddly diddly stuff on a bass guitar. He's a very proficient bassist. Mm. Yeah, um, I think it, it's sort of like prog for grunge heads. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It got. It, I mean, I discovered them through being into uh, the Chili Peppers and Fishbone and and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. bands of that ilk. They yeah. got thrown Living Colour. They got thrown yeah, yeah, in color, yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with that sort of thing. But totally. uh, yeah. but yeah, Mister Bungle, all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> just uh, no, no Faith No More actually as well. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, Faith No More. I used to know the real thing. Inside Out as well. Like, that's an incredible record. That's so good. And then the live version as well. I had the VHS of that as well. Yeah, I had the VHS of that. That was so good. Man. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the greatest vocalists ever, I think, Mike Patton. I, I think his yeah. voice is absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's like, he, he he's matey with a lot of the weird hip-hop people. Like, all right. As well. So like, he did a record with, um, so Tunde from TV on the radio and... Do you know Dose One? No. Um, well, he's part of, there's a group called Cloud Dead, and it, they're on this label, Anticon. You, you probably know Anticon. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's, they're the sort of um, 
they got lumped in with this sort of left field hip hop right. movement around like the late nineties, early aughts, whatever. Yeah. So he did a record with the guy from TV and the Radio and Dose One called Nevermen, and okay. that was on Lex Records. So right. like, he still, yeah, he, he messes around with with that lot and Peeping Tom as well. There's um, Mike Patton was in yep. Peeping Tom, which is him again, the dude from Cloud Dead. This, this guy Odd Nosdam, um, Gel. One of my favourite producers. Yeah, so like it, he's, it's like funny seeing him as an adult. Like, mm. What? I, I used to listen to you when I was I know, 10. I I'm pretty damn sure Faith and Mora playing in the UK soon. No way. Yeah, yeah. I think they've uh, <sighs> they've all got back together without Big Jim. I don't think Big Jim's uh, in the, there. Is he not with us anymore? I, know, he's, I believe he's alive, but, but he hasn't been in Faith and Mora since maybe Angel Dust, I think. Like, yeah. I think he uh, he, okay. he 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 quit. Yeah, okay. First song you bought from a record shop. This is a, another two pronged answer. So this was when I was living in Kingston. So this would have been. I meant to look this up because um, the, the record is "Live Is Life" by Opus. La 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 la. <laughs> Live is life. <laughs> I had no business listening to this song when I was. I, I want to say six or seven. I feel like it could have been even five. I don't know. I got it in seven inch from Our Price in Kingston, which was in Eden Walk, uh, just to prove that I was there and I'm not making it up. So, yeah, Our Price was the spot, basically, for music. Um, yeah, I don't know why that was the first record I got. I think I liked the cover, maybe the video I saw. I've I've listened to it in pre in sort of past years and it's not it's it's not good. Have you heard it much recently at all? Or? I've not heard it for a while. Uh, it was on a compilation album I had growing up, and I remember the, I've had a video. It just sounds like if you was at a German beer festival, <laughs> it'd be the best song to ever come on. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's I'm, I'm going to sound dreadfully racist I don't know if they were German or Austrian no or... I, I think they were they were European yeah yeah speaking I think yeah it was um now yeah at the time I didn't realize but yeah I, I saw the video and it's like okay yeah no I think they, they were no one had haircuts like that in the UK then wouldn't wouldn't have dared um <laughs> yeah and I, I mean, I've just—I've got no affinity with this song either. Like, I don't listen back. You, to Your like, first record, you bought, you're not meant to. Do you know what I mean? It's okay, like it's—it's it's for that purpose only. Yeah, it's yeah. an entry point. You know, you've got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. and I've said it many times on this podcast. Like, I've had so many people come in here, and I don't think anyone's ever said, uh, "Yeah, well, I—I uh, I, I bought <laughs> actually, this actually. Uh, this obscure uh, Dead Kennedys." Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Just trying to be cool. Exactly. So yeah, don't worry, mate. There's nothing wrong with Opus. Well, it was rapidly followed up by Dancing in the Street by David Bowie and Mick Jagger. I mean, that's fucking worse. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, so, I mean, that video, I guarantee, is worse than the Opus. Uh, they they played it. I mean, I don't watch Family Guy, but for some reason, I caught an episode once, and they literally played as a cutaway scene the entire video of yeah. Dancing in the Street. And at the end, Stewie says, "We let that happen." and or like that was our fault that that happened or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's really bad. Oh no no, yeah, terrifically, it's terrifically bad. Yeah, Titanic. that was because um, I think they they recorded the video and the song in twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah for yeah. Live Aid, I believe. Okay, yeah, and no, it was that, some that sort of sense. charity thing that they done it, and yeah. I, I mean it's 
I imagine everybody that is listening to this has seen that video. If you haven't... I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you going to suggest people look it up? Oh, my God, yeah. It's something to behold. Just the outfits. Like, um, Bo- Bowie's, just... Bowie's doing this this mo- this sort of weird sort of like skipping down the road while Jagger's just like this out of control elastic band in a really bad kind of like green shirt. Um, right, oh you, my god! You you haven't whitewashed up. Uh, you haven't like uh, what's the word? Fumigated it from your mind like I have. No, uh, no. I remember like shapes of it, but I'm trying to gradually sort of <laughs> let it fade away. But, um, yeah, how much cocaine in that video shoot? Insane it's, amounts. Yeah, it's, it's it's not good. It's really not good. I've got one other one. Go on. Which was, so that's the entry point. Mm-hmm. So thanks for the permission to have that as just an entry point. We can gloss over that. But then the main one, which this isn't, I mean, this is like the cool response, which is there's a hip-hop group called Alcoholics. They had a song called Liquid, which is, it's not like a massive tune at all, but it's important because it's like the first... Mm. Import hip hop twelve inch I got, um, which is in Troublesome Records in Kingston in the Apple Market. They had drum and bass on the no, like back then it was touch jungle on the ground floor, house on the second floor, and then you had to make your way through up to the top floor to get to the hip hop. So at that 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 was when I had long hair. So that was when I'd have to sort of steal myself and sort of like barge through all the jungle the jungle lot and then the house lot upstairs so then you have to sort of get up to the top dust yourself off and like okay and then yeah so that was like the first rap record I bought and that I mean it don't, I don't have to include it really but it was just like that was key for, yeah for, it's like almost like I have to I have to say it just so it's out of my system just to respect it sort of thing can you remember the hip hop track do you know what it was I was I was Playing some hip hop this morning, I was just going through Spotify and and I was kind of reminiscing, mm-hmm. and and I found and I, and I thought right, oh my god, a track coming to my head that I used to DJ at uh, in in my rock club. Pink toothbrush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, we play a lot of hip hop there. I mean, Ice T's played the toothbrush um, in, in in person. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. When Power come out, he played he played the brush. Uh, Rob Bass played the brush. Um, he wants to rock right now. Uh, he does to that Lynn Collins. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay away uh, from him if you're contagious. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Um, BDP uh, played. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's got. Um, oh shit. Yeah, Marley Mar. Um, yeah, we we we've, we've had some hip hop on, mate. Dude. Um, have you got? Wait, sorry, just a sidebar. Have you got any documentation of it? Yes. Yeah. There's. There's. Flyers, tickets. There's an amazing. I mean, I've not got the photo, but before Ice come out on stage, he sent his then wife out, who was the cover star, Darlene. At she come in the white bikini. No. And the crowd went crazy. Oh, Wasted nodding at the side of the stage, and then he come out, and I think Jesus. went straight into "Let's get butt naked and fuck." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. I love Ice T so much. He's, um, he's hilarious. No, wait. Um, sorry. But you were saying you listened to some hip hop. Yes, and, and and I just remembered a track, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've not heard that since the early nineties. Yeah, and it's not on Spotify. And I just thought, is it still good? And I and oh, you're a hip hop aficionado. Do you remember Young Black Teenagers? Tap the bottle and twist the cap. Yeah, if that's around a group because a group or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it still um, hold up? It's a tricky one because I think back then the name and the image was problematic. Okay. So, that they were called young black teenagers. None of them were 
black. They were oh, all, really? I think they were all just sort of like quite wealthy white kids. Ah. I think. Uh, I, I remember seeing pictures of them and, yeah, it was like there was a lot of like, yeah, white kids. And um, I think that was the... People had a problem with the name because it's a name you have to explain. So it's like you wouldn't see it and think, oh, they're making a statement or it's a yeah. joke or something. You'd be like... Why do you call yourselves that? Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to do? And I, I never really got what the point was. Yeah. It? It's like didn't know that. Yeah, I, mm. I, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, but yeah, that I like the beat for it. Yeah. All the I think the rhymes were is kind of that like big 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 like basic nineties. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like sort of bit does effects a bit everything else that was going around. at that point. Um, but. So that's not on Spotify. No. So, so is, I can't remember YouTube? the beat. I can't remember the rap style. But I just remember when it come out, thinking, "God, that's good." Yeah. Right, but I, yeah. I think if you were playing a '93 set, it would be fun. Yeah. It's got all that sort of like horns and crashy yeah. drums. I mean, it's it, on paper, it, it's yeah. totally up my street. But there is a lot of cultural issues that yeah. I think I even at that age I had with it. And yeah. it's like, I don't think I would see what they look like. Oh, so that's quite weird that they're, uh, they're white look? guys uh, called Young Black Teenagers. Yeah, well, because I used to get, there's a magazine called The Source, which was like... Of course. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you know that. So I was reading it back then, and I remember they used to get a lot of stick back mm. then. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the Source had a lot of... They got a lot of stick as well. So like, if they didn't get... So like, the rating system was five mics. That was the, the top rating you could give an album. And like... If an album didn't get five mics, then they'd get the equivalent now would be like really angry tweets. So they get loads of letters saying, Oh, the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm going to come out and shoot you. And all kind of stuff. Like, real, like, heavy yeah. abuse. Um, but yeah, I, I, like, apparently, like, the backstory of that magazine is deep as well. Like, the guy who started it, and there's there's basically a documentary or a podcast series waiting to be made about that. Like, oh, it's, right. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that world. It's, it's fascinating. But, um, yeah, sadly deceased now, R.I.P. The Source. Track five, the song that soundtracked your years in Clubland. Well, I'm not a clubber. No? And I never really went clubbing. <laughs> Do DJs enjoy clubbing? I don't. You mean going to a club and mm. performing the act of clubbing? No, no, no. I, uh, I don't mind going there and DJing or, no. uh, or promoting, but I don't really want to go to a nightclub and have a dance no. and drink. That that was that's basically my position on it. Like my DJing was mainly like warm up sets, so it might be. I mean, it's like I, it would be a bit easier for me because the crowd would be there to see. I mean, for instance, there's like one show I played, which was it's like uh, Danger Mouse and Gemini, and it was like the whole crowd were there to see them, and they liked organised confusion, which is uh, sorry, it was Prince Poe. No, it wasn't Danger Mouse Gemini. It was Danger Mouse and Prince Poe from Organised Confusion. So the whole crowd was there to see Prince Poe and they would have obviously known Organised Confusion, which is like early 90s hip-hop. So my set was early 90s hip-hop, so I couldn't really go wrong with it. So sets like that were really cool because it was like, I didn't really have to sort of work the crowd. It was like sure. what I play fit into what they were going to be watching, so it was all good. Um, but clubbing, I, I'm, just, I'm not that confident with a set where people could come up to you and say, well, I might, you know, do the request stuff. It's like, I'm not arrogant as, I'm not as arrogant to sort of be like, I don't take requests. Like, I don't care what you want to hear. I want to play what I want to hear. It's like, I'm not, it's not that, but it's more, 
it's the angry drunk requests. Like, if you don't play this, me and my mates are gonna, you know, do their do their thing, their violent thing mm. to you. Um, so, clubbing, I've sort of linked it in with that a bit, I think, as well. And and when I was younger, I used to have this vision of like, if I went to a club, I'd probably get into some trouble and get into a fight. Or I mean, I wasn't violent. I was just worried about being picked on and mm. like getting into. Know, trouble that I couldn't resolve so I kind of kept away from him a bit so I didn't I wasn't really like a teenage raver or anything like yeah. that so it was tricky to give you an answer for this one but I think out of respect to break dancers and you know like b-boys and b-girls and stuff I think I'm just going to go with uh, Apache incredible bongo band because I've seen that played in clubs and the reaction like when that the break part comes in, which is the part where all the break dancers mm-hmm. obviously go nuts. Like I've seen that reaction a few times, and it's stunning. And it's such a, it's like, all right, I know it's coming. Let's see what happens. And yeah, it's out of respect to break dancers. I think I'm just going to go with that because I I don't club, so <laughs> I'll, I'll pass the baton to the. the I um, we had uh, Africa Bambara come to the brush and DJ. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, a few times, but the the, the 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 time he came around 2000, this was kind of before all these kind of allegations and stuff about. I was going to say I didn't want to yeah. didn't want to bum anyone out, but yeah. yeah, that's like another art separating the art from the artist yeah. thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know if anything's been kind of through the courts or anything on that. No, no, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. but 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 he bought these 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 two um, MCs and, and 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 they danced as well. Over to uh, to accompany him on stage, yeah. and uh, and he stood there in some really bad like Primark sort of um, jogging bottoms. Uh, <laughs> didn't take one hand out of his pocket for the entire set. Just oh DJ with one hand. Um, wasn't wearing all the kind of Zulu Nation head shit. I, I wanted the mm. I wanted the full thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's part of the agreement. And uh, but um, but he played amazing records. And mm. but what was great was. As a, as the promoter, I'd kind of mentioned it to some of the people that when I was in the first year at senior school, of the fifth year, I wanted to call break dancers in my in my school. Yeah. yeah. And word had got out that Bambata was, and so uh, was, was coming local, and and everybody from my school that I remember being like the cool kids that had the really cool trainers and stuff yeah, like that yeah, that yeah. could do head spins and yeah, stuff yeah. turned up yeah, for this yeah. one night, and the they started breaking. Because uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wooden sprung dance floor, so they the dance floor sort of opened up and they started breaking. Bambata's MC then jumped down on the floor and they were up rocking and, and like, and it was it just was amazing. Magical. And it was all too uh, incredible. Bongo really? Man. Yeah. Oh. All right. So I yeah, it. I got to witness break dancing to Apache yeah. uh, in my own club being played by Bambata. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's like it's so embedded in like if anyone's going to start breakdancing it's like if you have an inkling to go down that path then there's going to be something in you that will yeah. respond to that song and it's like I mean even I do like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing it's like, I'm not going to breakdance but I'm going to do something to it because when it comes yeah. in it's just sort of like and again one of those sort of like and like statements of intention da, 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 a little bit of yeah. build up and then it just yeah. comes in it's like so oh, good oh, yeah. Yeah. so good Powerful. 
Um, and it was our mutual friend DJ Destruction that uh, mm. introduced me to that album. And, it, and oh, I heard Bongo yeah. Rock before I heard Apache. Yeah. Have you watched the documentary? Uh, no. What? That made the film about Apache, about the, the Incredible Bongo Beat Man. Right. Oh, there's a film. What's it called? <laughs> I think it might be called Apache. Um, I, I had no idea about it. And this. it breaks down the whole making of, of, of that album. Like, oh, right. oh, it's incredible. Like, um, right. No, that is, that's homework for sure. Wow. Remind me when this finishes, I play the trailer, because yeah. it's, it's a bit special. Jesus. Okay. Um, buddy, for track six, your favourite song from an artist from your home county. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Another difficult one because, I say, I was born in Brighton. I was... I'm not very good with locations and where people are from, apart from hip hop people. Like, it, like it, when it comes to sort of local stuff and like people from Brighton, for instance, there's probably so many, but I spaced on it. I looked it up on <laughs> Wikipedia. Like, couldn't really see anyone that clicked with me specifically. Um, looked up London, Surrey, Kingston. There are people, and then there's like. It said that oh Sandy Denny was born in Kingston and then I looked it up and it's like no she wasn't she was born in Merton and so I can't say Sandy Denny because she was born in Merton That's, I don't I don't know where Merton is um, anyway long story short I went with uh, a guy called Dave House who is like he put me on to Sam Duckworth get Kate where Kate fly because they were like good mates for ages similar style of music like sort of like uh, I guess for ease of reference like. Billy Bragg inspired singer-songwriter acoustic, like political, societal, sort of very personal stuff, but like linked to bigger themes, you know? Um, so yeah, Dave House was like, I don't know, it's sort of a bit Neil Young as well. So similar vocal tone, I suppose, to Neil Young, but like a little bit less nasal, I guess, but... Um, from Surrey? Yeah, 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 sorry. So I think he was from... I might have been from Stains or something like that. I'm not, I can't really remember. But anyway, we worked together in um, Beggar's Banquet in Kingston. So I was working there from 2001 to six or seven or something like that. And um, Dave House was always there. And eventually he lived above the shop for a bit. And like we got on really well. And like we were from totally different musical backgrounds. But like he put me on to so much sort of punk and hardcore and indie stuff and like folky bits and stuff like that. But he did an album called Kingston's Current. And it's... Like if you if you're not from Kingston and you weren't around Kingston at that time or shopped at Beggar's Banquet at that time, it, you're probably gonna never have seen or heard this album. Um, I looked up on Spotify and he's got there's an album called something like it's gone anyway. There's an album that's got tons of tracks in it. That this whole album is on that list of tracks. Um, but yeah, it, it's it just brings back that era and like working with him and getting to know him and, and then you know get Kate where Kate fly and all that kind of sort of crowd and um, yeah it's just a really lovely sort of it's like a really nice salute to Kingston and um, 
like I mean I was there for my formative years so like you know say I was born in Brighton but it, it, to me it's just it's like a just a, a nice place like I don't sure. really have any sort of real roots there or anything yeah. Kingston was where everything happened and I sort of got into so many different kinds of music and made so many friends there and stuff so yeah gonna go go over a shout to Dave House and okay. um, Kingston's current it's definitely on Spotify so. I will check him out yeah yeah it's, it's a sweet song it's maybe shows its age a bit I'm not like I had to listen to it the other day and it's like I'm not sure I, I mean I think it's uh, he'd probably be the first to say like he'd go back and tweak loads of stuff because he's really meticulous with the mastering and mixing and all this kind of stuff but um, yeah it's just one of those things where it's like it, that's just how it is like yeah. it, it's frozen in time now so yeah it's uh, it's a lovely one I like it final track song that many may not know that you would like them to hear do you know uh, a guy called Jason Molina no um, have you heard of Songs Ohio no have you heard of Magnolia Electric Company no so the guy Jason Molina who uh, he is the lead singer of all these bands um, he he Basically, he died a few years ago. Um, he like had this crazy alcoholic life, basically, and I, I had no idea until he died. And it's like, oh, oh, wow, okay, damn, that's that's really harsh. But there, it, before that, he released. He's got this back catalogue of real, just totally beautiful. Um, I guess you call it Americana. So it's sort of rocky indie-ish again to bring up Neil Young that that kind of style like yeah. heavy rock but like not even not political it's just it has um, it it's you know I mentioned that sort of like personal linking to broad broader themes so kind of abstract but very personal but also inferring sort of like universal stuff so like the micro to macro kind of like detail and then broader themes type approach I guess anyway so he made this album or his band made an album they were called Magnolia Electric Company the song was called Farewell Transmission and it's like the first track on this album like self-titled album um, I don't I mean it's one that you just have to look up and hear like I'm not really sure how to explain it but it starts off with a riff and then from then on it just goes off and it's like it's really mellow but very measured and it has little bursts of like little bridge bit and then verse um his voice gets you instantly um i mean it's it's weird because like this is this is what i was saying at the start it's like I've, this song is so stitched into my being because I've heard it so many times and had so many weird reactions to it like again speaking of the sort of tears things like it might be that it might be sort of hyping me up for something or like so it, it covers so many bases and it's almost like the effect has almost worn off now because I've listened to it like literally thousands of times and um, yeah it, it caught me from the first riff and then at the end it also ends in some like drums that I've sampled as well so it's got it all so um I'm not, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how, what to say about it. Yeah. I sort of don't have the words for it, but I just know... The idea is people are going to hopefully go and explore it. I, I like to think so, because it's like, I know that sometimes when people talk about songs that they really like, like, it, 
without hearing it at the same time as them talking. Like sometimes you get podcasts where like they'll talk yeah. about it and the song will fade in in the background. But I prefer it. Yeah, when, like when I hear somebody talking about it, and I was like, I really have to hear this. Like I don't know if I'm doing it justice at all, but it's it's just beautiful. Like it's it's got that melancholy element that I've. I feel like my whole life has just been leading to this sort of point where I'm just into everything that's just a bit sad and like a bit sort of tearful and like that kind of uh, wobbly I don't know bittersweet melancholy yeah. type thing um, so in a way it's kind of going back to what my dad was playing in the car which was like Dire Straits so it's a bit like Dire Straits yeah. for me now so if I I mean I ain't got kids but I imagine I'd be playing this in the car and then yeah. like the kid would be me back then later on in 40 years talking about it on a podcast probably like but um, that's yeah. nice man yeah I mean I never really thought about it like that actually that was sort of off the cuff I guess but it's yeah I think that's that's kind of what I'm getting at is that it's my equivalent of Dire Straits yeah um, I, I, it's debatable whether it's cool or not I mean it depends if you think Dire Straits are cool or not but it's 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 a song that I don't think many people will necessarily know yeah it was never like massive or anything but um, it I think if you listen to it like just stick with it for the first few riffs like all like the first few sort of repetitions of the loop or whatever you call it um and just give it a minute or so because it's 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 just gorgeous like totally stunning to me perfect and um yeah there's so many so many tracks that i could have picked but this is i i, I don't know i could probably explain or like talk about other ones more coherently but yeah this I, i'd say just go with this and give me a shout let me know what you reckon wonderful <laughs> so what are you what are you up to at the moment producing uh, away yeah um a lot of podcasty stuff so that seems to have taken the the driver's seat at the moment so yeah producing pips brett's the pod bible mm-hmm. one um and the uh, person first with uh ben your, your boy ben mm-hmm. and so lots of that and then my own one as well which is called buddies buddies let's talk is, about that yeah, so that's basically set in Margate, which is where I make my home nowadays. So I'd always, um, everyone's always talking about how, oh yeah, there's loads of stuff going on in Margate and like loads of people doing this all sort of like, like really artistic, creative stuff. And um, when me and my girlfriend moved there like a couple of years ago, um, we we sort of like underestimated how long it would take to make friends there so we got there and after a month we were like how are we going to make any friends i don't know anyone and we knew like a couple of people but it over like now i realize that you just have to sort of it's just through familiarity and repetition showing up places and you know you build up those relationships that don't just happen like oh you're new here what's your name cool do you want to have dinner it's like yeah it takes a while and that that was an interesting lesson because yeah i'd sort of forgotten that it's like like making adult friends yeah yeah and then there's the dynamic of whether you've got kids or not and you know this kind of stuff so um in in sort of trying to get to a point where we could call people friends and sort of like make acquaintances and stuff i I thought well there's so much creative stuff going on here like I, i should be talking to these people and recording it and like and i'm so used to listening to podcasts now i was like I feel like I could do it. Um, I, I'm just going to give it a shot. And it's, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you get this, but like was was 
podcasting as easy or as or harder than you thought or as easy as you thought it would be like do you find it easy um i do now yeah when i say easy uh i'm comfortable doing it yeah i guess that's like because what i like about it is there are no rules yeah so you can't really get it wrong it's true yeah, uh, it's what you make it, and, and i like that um but the hardcore listing podcast was strange because it just obviously was bred off the back of spoiling pips podcasts so he, <laughs> he, he made us do our own i've heard every minute of those and uh, and and so yeah they that that was just easy because that was just let's get drunk and, and that, that's evolved now and that's mm. You know that that's become its own model. But this yeah. podcast, the first ever episode I've done, which for anyone that listens, I, I would if you haven't listened to it, listen to the first episode, which is me and Scroob. And mm. of all the guests I've had on, I've probably known him the longest and know him the best. And it's the most nervous I've ever been. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like mm. I feel like when you when you know people really well, it changes. I think it just makes you realise, like, actually, I, like, maybe I don't sit in the same room as you and have a chat like yeah. this with you. Like, usually you're doing something else, or you have like a casual phone conversation or something. You don't often sit and have a really present, considered yeah. talk with people. So I think that's like, I mean, that's what I was saying is like, um, it it was a bit easier than I was thinking. Like, I realised that when when you set a time to speak to somebody. And you've done a bit of preparation, um, and you're in that that mind state where like you're ready to sort of right an hour. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to like. Re- I think just listening is the most important part. Then it's not that difficult. But I think what I'm what I'm finding now is like there's a an art to steering a conversation. And you know, at the moment I've got a few notes here, but like w- with the podcast. I'm finding it really difficult now where it's like I've got a page of really tricky to read notes. So I'm not, I'm sort of like, yeah, 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 listening to somebody talk like, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my notes like... I mean, I you couldn't have read. written them notes any smaller if you'd tried. I mean, you're, you're being very considerate of the, you know, of the trees <laughs> because you have got a lot of words on one piece of paper there, mate. Very economical. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah, so like that's one thing I'm, I'm realising. But as you were saying, you was looking for um, an avenue to to get to know people. Yeah, sorry, yeah. But I, do I you find no? Because no, you haven't at all. It's, it's a full right, right. circle, which has made me think that what I find through doing these podcasts yeah. is we've known each other, me and you, maybe eight nine years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've never sat and spoke. No, no, and so no. this is the longest that me and you've ever sat and spoke. Yeah. So I feel like I know a hell of a lot more about you now. Yeah. You know, I didn't know you was into hardcore and metal. I didn't know you right. had long hair. I didn't yeah. know. You know, I know. <laughs> and so I do think that when you spend an hour doing a podcast with somebody, yeah. you do develop much more of a relationship with them than yeah. you would if you were just having a pint in a pub, having a quick chat, or it, or yeah. having an hour chat around a table in yeah. a pub. I do find that a podcast kind of really does enable you to 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 to, to forge you know forge your bond with someone yeah but it's also it's not a selfish way of it's not like we're just getting to know each other oh by the way we're recording it it's like yeah this is i mean i'm not going to talk about this one in particular but like the other ones you've done like they're entertaining so they're you'd listen to them and then um 
hopefully you get something out of them. So it's not you're not just listening to two people catching up and making yeah. all these references to stuff you don't know about. Like like we're hopefully talking about stuff that somebody would be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah, hopefully getting something out of it. And also the questions that you've got for this podcast, they're things that I think everyone wants to answer. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've got an answer for that. Oh, like, yeah. I'd say this, I'd say that. So you've, you've got that element going for it too, yeah. where it's like um, it, it brings people in because it, it really makes you yeah. think of what you, you'd be doing as well, like what you'd say. What's your podcast called? Oh, it's called Buddies Buddies. See what you've done there. Do you see what I did? Yeah, it's clever. And so you go and speak to creative people in Margate? Yeah, so um, in in Margate there's, uh, I don't know if it's a scene you call it, but basically there's a, there seems to be a concentration of like a lot of very bold, creative, artistic, just really interesting characters. And there's a lot of, there's like a broad range of um, skills and expertise and crafts. So on, on my one, so I started off by talking to there's a guy called Don Bridges who uh, founded this company called Hackles or Heckles, whichever way you, it's like H-A-E, with the A and E joined together. They do um, it's sort of like C-based therapies and skincare and fragrances and things like that, um, but with a real sort of ethical, sociological link kind of thing. So it's all linked to Margate. Um, uh, but they're extending to London as well. But then in London, they're going to be doing a similar thing where it's like linked to London too. So the first one was talking to him, um, which is interesting because in in the year or like nine months since we did it, it's like it's, it's almost irrelevant now because so much has changed, which is another element of the podcast. It's like a snapshot of what's happening at that time. So it's going to change. Like in a year, maybe some of these people won't be doing that thing anymore or they'll have changed it completely. But... It's a document, then, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, like, and yeah. I like that. Like, yeah, I, I think so. Like, it's um, yeah, and and then you know, then it's like one woman I spoke to who does like sound therapy with these. They're like she's called they're called singing bowls. So like they're glass crystal bowls, and she like waves a wand around them, and then they like the the whole sort of marriage of all these different tones works to just it just knocks you out like in the best way. It's amazing and. It's just sort of like, yeah, like graphic designers. There's a, a baker I'm going to speak to. Um, I mean, artists, musicians. Uh, there's this guy, Ardem, who I spoke to recently. He's, uh, he used to be in Fridge with Fortet and does his own solo stuff. And he did uh, Avenue 5 recently. And um, yeah, so I mean, it, there's there's tons of people. It's tricky because, like, I, I mean, I could just speak to everyone on... There's a, a road called North Down Road, which is where there's just, like, tons of businesses up there. I could I could speak to everyone up there, but it's like... Uh, I'm not, uh, There's so many different ways you could go. You could speak to shop owners, you could speak to artists, you could speak to musicians. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just seeing who I can sort of drum up to guest on it. And hopefully the themes won't be, like, ex- that exclusive that people not from Margate, won't want to listen to it. Sure. Hopefully it's like, yeah, they're in Margate, but the localness of it will sort of translate with bigger themes. So th- the story of how they got their thing started might relate to you in London or you know, Canada or like, yeah. yeah, wherever you are. So I'm, I'm using it as an experiment to see like what will happen with a local podcast. Like, will, will it translate to globally, to countrywide like seeing what happens and if not then if it if it picks up in Margate then that's awesome too wonderful yeah. where can people hear it buddy 
so it's on. Uh, it's sort of powered by Acast, um, so you can find it on Acast.com. You can find it on Spotify and iTunes, and I think most podcast places. I know it's on Acast, Spotify, and iTunes. Uh, buddies, buddies, uh, go to BuddyPeace.com. You can hear it on there. Um, and yeah. If they head over there, can they check out the music you've done? Yeah, for that I'd say go to bandcamp.buddypeace.com or maybe it's buddypeace.bandcamp.com. I can't remember. It's buddypeace.bandcamp, basically. That's got like mixes and beats and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, there's so much on there. I couldn't tell you where to start. I think just push play on a random album and see what, see what happens. Lovely. Buddy, thanks so much, mate. Thank you, Stu. Thanks for listening, people. I hope, I hope you've. Um, uh, I hope you go and check the video for Dancing in the Street. <laughs> I hope you look at the group Opus uh, yeah. and um, maybe swerve young black teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's not really a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. You can just just hear it and let it glance off you yeah. and uh, carry on with your day. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> there you have it. Buddy Peace. We had a good chat. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did having that chat. Um, go and check out uh, Buddy's Buddies, his podcast. And uh, yeah, go and, well, well, he said go and check it uh, all out on the socials and, and give him a like, love and a, a share. And uh, yeah, thanks ever so much for listening. Um Please, as I mentioned at the beginning, have a look in the back catalogue and see if there's any in there that that that, that tickle your fancy. Give us a, a listen. Um, just subscribe. Um, yeah, just subscribe. All right, I'll see you next week. Thanks ever so much for listening. Bye-bye now. Oh, yeah? Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a lot of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat